0: embracing the darkness, spiritual gentrification, and becoming a masterpiece. These are some of the gems that Melissa and I discuss in this podcast. Melissa is an inspirational speaker, mom, teacher, life coach, and energy healer. So I'm not going to make you wait. We are going to jump right into this episode.
1: Enjoy. One thing that I do love, because I feel like, you know, all these spiritual speakers or all these like uh, motivational speakers um, and or even the people on Instagram, they talk so much about love and light and love and light and butterflies and rainbows and how great, great, great. Let's live in love. Let's be happy, 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 joy, joy, joy. And they fail to honor the darkness um so one thing I always like to remind people of and I don't like to sit in darkness but I like to remind people that it is okay to honor your darkness because if not and I remember when I first came on into this like path onto this path I I would get disappointed in myself dark feelings because I felt like, I guess everyone that I listened to was just like, you know, the ego is bad. Don't feel these feelings. It's, it's not good. And, you know, and if you're, and if you're feeling these dark feelings, you're disconnected from source or you're disconnected from the universe or, you know, you're disconnected from your spirituality. Um, and I felt like I was misled and it kind of, it, it kind of instead of having that self love um effect on me it had the complete opposite effect because then I was constantly disappointed in myself like how dare I be sad how dare I be angry you know like oh my god how dare I um, be hurt that someone hurt my feelings you know Um, so a big thing that I've been teaching a lot this year is honoring yourself because that's something that I'm working on myself is honoring that darkness, you know, and the whole beauty of the yin and the yang, you know, without darkness, there's no light. And without light, there's no darkness. Um, And just that's been one thing that this year I've been really focusing on and working on in myself, like allowing myself to have those moments you know, have those moments of, you know, sadness, have those moments of anger and honoring them, you know, not living in them, not like pitching a tent, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, in that moment, but just honoring it and saying, you know what, it's okay to feel this. And I kind of had to, like, train myself on how to feel it and, and how to accept it and a beautiful, um, I I am very fortunate that I have uh, an amazing tribe of friends, of um, spiritual advisors, of mentors, like people that I didn't even seek out for this. They just, I just, my, the universe yes. just brought these amazing people into my life. And, you know, and I get to have these conversations with them, um, levels of their spiritual growth, right? So it's beautiful to, to have these conversations. And one of my friends she, I just, I, I just experienced the breakup about a month and a half ago um and you know i i i was i was hurt of course uh and i need and of course it opens up wounds you know that have been covered for years you know so that's the one thing about love right it always opens up those 100 (laughs) percent, yes. so it opens up these wounds that i've been struggling with for years but you know they've been covered because i didn't have a relationship because i've been single or if i went through it i got over it and then you know i covered that and never put a band-aid on it and didn't even look at it again um but now i'm forced to look at them now because the universe if you don't look at the things, if you don't look at the the, the the parts of you that you have to heal, the universe will present opportunity after opportunity after 100%. opportunity for you <laughs> to look at them. So I was like, listen, I am so tired of looking at this. Like I have to be done with it. So now I'm like really going to look at this and I'm going to like heal it. I'm not putting a bandaid over it. I'm not going to pretend it's not there. I'm going to look into it and I'm going to feel it. And um." But I was having a hard time. I was like, well, how do I feel it? Like, I, I felt like yeah. I was feeling it, but I'm not sure if I'm feeling it. And then I'm like, then I start judging how I'm feeling it, right? Like, am I feeling it right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is how our ego works. This is how our mind works. And, um, and a friend of mine, to mentors, I was talking to her about it. And she goes, because I'm like, everybody keeps telling me to feel it. Because she said, you have to feel it. And I'm like, everybody keeps telling me this. I don't know how to do that. And she was like, oh, okay. So she's like, you're a mother. Because I'm a mother. I have two boys. I should introduce myself, right? Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) But I have two boys. And I'm also an elementary school teacher. I'm a kindergarten teacher. So children are my thing. They're my jam. Like, I love kids. Um, So she's like, you know, you're a teacher. You're a mother. And she's like, "Um, when your child gets hurt or one of your students gets hurt, what's the first thing you do? And I'm like, well, I embrace them. Or, you know, I, I hold them and I make them feel comfortable. i allow them to cry. And she's like, okay, so you embrace them. And when you're embracing them, do you make up a narrative? Do you analyze the whole situation? Do you do any of that? And I'm like, well, no, I just make sure that they're comfortable. She's like, that's what feeling it is. Yeah. Just feel it. Comfort yourself. Hug yourself. Like physically, even if you have to wrap your arms around yourself, hug yourself and tell yourself, gonna be okay that's actually feeling that little melissa that's actually feeling that pain and embrace her like you would embrace your child and be your own mother be your own best friend and just be like it's just it's gonna be okay don't don't break it down don't um make a narrative for it like none of that just honor it and that's what feeling it is and i was like oh i could do that yeah (laughs) And it was just such, a, and it made sense to me because, as a mother and as a teacher, it made just made so much sense to me because I wasn't understanding, feeling it. Like I'm like, I think I'm feeling it. I'm crying, but I was analyzing it, and I was making a narrative. You know, I was creating this narrative behind every feeling, and I was and I was um, analyzing every feeling. Like, well, why do I feel this way? And, and instead of just allowing myself to feel that way, to just I think feel that's really way. common for women. Mm-hmm.
0: And yes. we analyze every single feeling and why are we are feeling this way? And sometimes we shame ourselves for feeling a certain way. So one of the things that you mentioned that I think so many people can relate to is when an opportunity, like if we don't learn from something, it'll keep like coming back to revisit us. Yes. <laughs> um, so one are, for you, what do you feel like if I'm not exactly sure what happened in your relationship, but what do you feel was the reason you were maybe running from feeling some of those things that you didn't want to feel? Because I think that that's something that I think everyone can relate to on some level.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it was the discomfort of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very uncomfortable to her. It's very uncomfortable to see and to relive because I mean everything that we every wound that we open up when we open it up we have to kind of relive that experience um and it's very uncomfortable to relive like you'd rather just tune it out yeah. you know like I, I have to relive and I'm an open book so I don't I don't have a problem telling you um growing up you know, I didn't have the easiest of lives. And so I was presented with the narrative that I wasn't enough from the minute. And I'm sure a lot of us Mm -hmm. have been presented with that narrative Um, from the minute I was a little girl. Like I I, I was born um, a, a quote unquote accident. You know, my mom and my dad were separated and my mom ended up pregnant and So they had to come in. My father was an alcoholic, so she took him back because, you know, now she's having a baby and now she needed to, you know, work this out. Um, So and then, you know, that that wasn't the best thing. You know, I was the accident baby. But, you know, and then and then growing up, um, I have I mean, my life one day I'll write a book and you guys can read all about it. But (laughs) (laughs) um, growing up, you know, my father that he was an alcoholic he was also a womanizer eventually left my mom eventually just like dropped off the face of the earth was a deadbeat dad Um, yeah and then my mother went to jail and we had no place to go and you know um, nobody like really wanted us we were we were an inconvenience you know Um, and then finally we got into my grandmother took us in and my grandmother kind of resented me because Oh, this is a long story. I mean, but and she had some resentment towards me. I mean, this is all past. No, know? I think I, that, I, yeah, it's yeah, important yeah. part of your journey and who you yeah. are. But I've forgiven, like I've totally worked through all this, but that idea as though, although I forgave my father, I've forgiven my grandmother, I've forgiven that idea of not enough is yeah. not you know I mean, no matter how much you forgive, no matter, no matter how much forgiveness work you you do, you actually still have to work on that idea 100%. of not enough. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so relate to that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so that's what I didn't work on. Like, I, I love my grandmother. I mean, she, my youngest son, she actually stayed with him for Years like we're me and my father, we get along so very well. He's super spiritual now. He, he's a recovering alcoholic actually for 10 years, which I'm very proud of. Amazing, him yeah. um, My mother got out of prison, went to school, got her master's degree. Awesome. Like you know, gave us a good. So I mean, like these people are amazing people. Yeah. And, and you know, I've I've experienced and one beautiful thing Maya Angelou, she says, uh, do as best as you can. And when you can do better, do better. I don't. I probably botched it, but yes, agree. So what I, the way I look at them, it, and and that's what allowed me to forgive was they did the best they can with what they had. Yeah. Um, they didn't have that knowledge, that ability, uh, that consciousness to be able to be like, oh, you know what, I shouldn't do this. You know, obviously that was the best they could do because, right? Yeah. Um, so. I was able to let go of all that because I was like, wow, they did the best they could. But then when I had to relive this, so the the, the narrative of I'm not enough presents itself over and over and over again. And, but it presents itself more prevalently in relationship to me, um, in, in relationship with men, the crazy thing is that, um, that the narrative of I'm not enough was mostly presented to me by women in my life. So, I don't know why it comes up that way, but it does. So having to relive all of that and, and, and actually go back to those days when, you know, my grandmother mistreated me. Or go back to those days, yeah. you know, when I didn't have a dad to call, call on. Or go back to those days when I felt abandoned by my mom. Like, go to and, – and that is painful. Yes. And to hold myself in that. So, of course, you don't want to deal with it. Like, you'd rather not. Like, if I could just leave that in the past (laughs) and not ever tune into those feelings, I'm cool. But like we said, the universal keep presenting it, keep presenting it until you finally heal from it. So that's my process now. I mean, I've been, like, looking into this for quite some time. And I know this isn't going to be overnight. I know this isn't even going to be this year. Not Probably not even next year. Like, this is going to be a process. I mean, I am 41. So Mm -hmm. this has been... Forty-one years in the making, so, <laughs> so it might take a, few, a little bit to to heal.
0: Yeah, um, and healing takes time, and mm-hmm. you know it's so interesting. that I can so relate to the not enough experience, that. and especially presented in relationships with men, and um, similar story of why I kept choosing the same sort of men until like I had like my daughter and then didn't date for three years and didn't even like anything for and like that whole process it was just like it was the wall that I had to hit to be like okay like enough is enough you are enough you deserve better and reprogramming my mind and to to like to hold on to like the positive narrative of you are amazing you deserve this Mm -hmm. you have And it's crazy how, you know, the little things from our childhood, we don't really, you know, while we're in it, we don't think, oh, this is going to affect me in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you get older and you become more like hip to your patterns, like, why does this keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. Um, Then you're like, okay, wait. And then you start to go back and you're like, hmm, okay, I see the correlation, and a lot of our soft talk and a lot of our choices are just rooted in patterns from our childhood.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. So,
0: yeah. So talk a little bit more about where you are today, like just on your healing journey, just in terms of the things that you've kind of committed to, to actually
1: heal and grow. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've committed to um this life of growth, yeah um and it's funny because I was just talking to one of my friends also we were at the beach' it was a mon- Monday we were at the beach Monday, and we were talking about um she calls a she calls it spiritual gentrification, <laughs> like you have all these like love and light people, spiritual people um that just that kind of gentrified spirituality yeah. And, and And forgot like the truth behind it that it's not easy that it's freaking yeah. hard as hell that actually harder than just being ignorant and <laughs> and living that regular societally societally i don't know that that's the word but that um that that appropriate quote unquote appropriate life you know yeah. um, and i was I was talking about how um how And I was joking with her. I was like, I know, because if I knew it was this hard when I signed up, I wouldn't have signed up. <laughs> like, I would have stayed in my like little white picket fence, my two and a half children and my dog and life. Yeah. You know? um, no, but I, w- I would never. And I know that this life presents itself when... Um, when you're ready and it calls to you um and sometimes some of us ignore the call and we ignore Mm -hmm. the call for a while but it's it's uh I don't know if you've ever heard of A Course in Miracles you ever heard of it I have yeah okay so A Course in Miracles in the intro I'm actually doing it myself now in the intro it says um this is a required course only the time you take it is voluntary I love that (laughs) this is and 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 I love that part yeah and this is what spirituality is. It's a yeah. required course. Yeah. Only the time you take it is voluntary. So either you're going to find it on your deathbed, yeah, or you're going to find it, and then you're going to live that path and that life. And it's not. It's by no means rainbows and butterflies. Let me tell you, it's not easy. It take. It's a lot of shadow work. It's a lot of deep dives into what make makes you who you are. It's a lot of letting go of. All of those, those constructs, right, that, that we've been, those narratives that we've been um, subscribing to for our, all our lives. Um, it's a lot of, you know, Michelangelo, I don't know, do you know who he is? He's the sculptor. Yes. I love telling this story. <laughs> Favorite stories. One of I don't know a spiritual speaker said it. I think Marianne Williamson. Um, she said Michelangelo um, was being interviewed, was being asked questions, um, and one of the questions he was asked was like, "Well, how do you create these amazing sculptures?" Uh, and like Michelangelo says, he's like, "The sculpture is already in the marble. The masterpiece is already. In the marble. Yeah, All I have to do is pick away the excess marble. Yeah, and." I feel like that's what we all are. Like, we all are masterpieces. And all we have to do is pick away that excess marble, all that extra, all those social constructs, all that stuff that, you know, we've been told that we are so that we can uh, emerge as the masterpieces. That's beautiful. It literally gives you chills. uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Our conversation will continue in the next episode. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Melissa, you can find her on Instagram at the underscore spiritual underscore misfit.